worshiping the Lord in song, I thought of something that my dad has shared with us my whole life that his grandmother, my great-grandmother, shared with him. And you have probably heard this, but she was a devout, God-fearing lady who lived a holy life her whole life. And she was an influence of righteousness and goodness in his life, like nobody else. And when he was about to be baptized, <clears throat> he had not been a believer. And then when he became a believer, had a powerful experience with the Holy Spirit, he was going to be baptized. And he wanted to make a phone call to ask forgiveness before he could take that step. And the phone call he made was to his grandmother. And he asked her for forgiveness. And, and as you know, the story is that she, she this God-fearing righteous woman, hung up the phone and knelt down beside that phone and said, God, whatever you've given my grandson, please give it to me before I die. And then later, and this is what I wanted to tell you, this is what came back to me, Later, when he had explained to her that she could receive the Holy Spirit, she said to him, while she was seeking it, before she had actually received it, she said to him, Blair, do you ever get to the place where you just long for the Spirit of God? 82 years old, righteous her whole life. Do you ever get to the place where you just long for the Spirit of God? As she was leading us in that song, as the deer thirsts for the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. Amen. The part that kept coming to me with such power was the line, to you alone may my spirit yield. That is my prayer. And I, I feel like I worry that even those who have been filled with the Holy Spirit we can, begin, we can become trapped. We can have an infilling that merely becomes an experience on the sidelines of the busy life that we live. And God did not give us the Holy Spirit to exalt us in pride or to give us another experience that would sit on the sidelines. He gave us the Holy Spirit as an aperture and a doorway into another kingdom. And that kingdom is described in this manner. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not righteousness, peace, and joy in your daily life. It's not righteousness, peace, and joy in the world, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in a space that is called the dominion of the Holy Spirit. That's where the kingdom gets real. That's where the seekers find what they're looking for. And we know that this righteousness, peace, and joy in the place of the Holy Spirit, we know that that can only be entered and accessed when a metamorphosis takes place in your and my life. Namely, when we humble ourselves and become like little children. 
And I'm not just talking about receiving the Holy Spirit in the initial baptism when you begin to speak in other tongues. Yes, it applies to that. But we are trying to get inside the kingdom. When we stand up and sing a song, we're not wanting to be righteous, we're not wanting to have peace, we're not wanting to have joy except that which is in the Holy Spirit. And that's the kingdom. That's when the kingdom comes. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. It comes when men will get inside that space of the Holy Spirit. But to get there, we've got to become as little children. You say, well, I already got there. Yes, but we have not matured. He says in Ephesians 4 that we are speaking the truth in love. We're receiving the fivefold ministry until we all grow up. We're not grown up yet. We have not achieved or matured to the full ma measure of the stature of Christ, a perfect man. We're still infants. He wrote the Corinthians and said, you, you ought to be teachers, but you're still babies. He wrote the, 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 the Hebrews and said, you ought to have more than milk, but that's all you can take. So this maturation process is not complete when you're born again. It's not complete when you speak in tongues. It's been born. It's been birthed. It's begun. But now it's up to us to strive to enter that rest of the Holy Spirit where we cease from our works and we enter into the unction and inspiration and anointing and power of the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I know that when we were first baptized in the Holy Spirit, when we were first baptized in the name, I know that we came up out of the waters. I know that we came away from that experience saying, my soul has been filled. My needs have been met. My prayers have been answered. I have joy. I have life. I have peace. I have it in the Holy Spirit. I know we felt that way. But the problem is we want to take that experience and put it on the shelf and visit it every now and again. Touch it to make sure it's still warm. That it's not turned into an iceberg of past events. But that's not what God's will is. God's will is that we take that experience as a doorway. And we say, God, no, no matter how small that door is, I'm going to reduce myself. I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to pass through the eye of the needle if it means I leave all my excuses on the outside. If it means I leave all my fears, all my doubts, all my judgments and suspicions, I am going to get into that place again today. I'm going to move and live and have my being in that place that is the Holy Spirit. If we don't do that, then the experience that was sufficient to open the door becomes insufficient to fill our lives. We don't live a fulfilled life. Because the opening of a door is only as good as your courage and continuance in walking through it. From faith to faith, from glory to glory, as the righteousness of God continues to be revealed. What I'm trying to say is I wish more people were approaching God in the same manner they did when they first spoke in tongues. What a beautiful thing, what an incredible thing that God would make that experience available to all people. Amen. That's what he said in the book of Acts. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. What a beautiful thing because you're trying to get into the place where God reigns. Therefore, something has to be overcome 
the supremacy and pride of the human mind and the most unruly member, the human tongue. But if you could trust God such that you would yield to your spirit, may my spirit yield. If you could trust Him and feel after Him, though He be not far from any one of us, we still have to feel after Him and grope for Him. If perchance we might find Him, there's something inside of you that pulls you in the right direction. It's that experience that you had. But that's not enough. Don't put it on the shelf. Get it off the shelf. And step out into it again tonight. Step out into it again every night, every day. Thank you, Jesus. There's more grace. There's more power. And we don't have to sit in a fellowship. We don't have to come to a table where the Word of God is being, is being requested of us and questions are being asked and just fall into the ruts of our human thinking. We can sit there and say, God, once upon a time, I felt your presence so strong that I began to yield and I spoke things that you gave me that I didn't know what they meant and it represented the downfall of my carnal mind and its pride, but it represented the exaltation and enthroning of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. For now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I had liberty for the first time in my life not to process things through this letter that kills, through this carnal mind that cannot know the things of God. I began to move. I began to speak. I began to lift my hands. And something incredible happened. God took control. Please take control again. Even if I pray with my understanding, take control again, Jesus. If you don't go there, if you don't stay there, if you don't keep on this journey, then you're not going to be fulfilled. You're going to walk around with this vacancy in your life. You want to have an experience. You want to have a feeling. And every man, woman, and child has that God-shaped hole inside of them. They want an experience because God made you to be insufficient without Him. He made you to need Him bad enough to grope for Him. What a wonderful thing that we can't be sufficient like animals with companionship and food. That we need something eternal. Eternity is written in the hearts of man. Amen. But that hole, that vacancy is not filled just by an encounter once on, on Sunday or one time. You've got to go there. You've got to live there. You've got to set up your home there. You've got to make your home in His Word. His Word is Spirit. Amen. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The words I speak to you are Spirit, and they are life. Even now, you can listen to what I'm saying to you, or what God is convicting your heart of, and you can process it through your mind, or you can say, God, let it all fall away. I trust you. I believe you. I want to move after that feeling that I have right now. God is Spirit, and I want to worship you in Spirit and in truth. Amen. Everybody has this need. Why do people take drugs? Why do they take drugs? Don't tell me it's contemptible. They are responding to something. They live in a stale world. They live in a place where humans do not experience what they were made to experience. They live in a place where everybody protects them themselves, where words are shallow and feelings are even shallower. They live in a place of pr properness and uh, regiment and 
But they don't live in a place where that God-shaped hole can be filled. And they say, God, I want to have an experience. And so one man fills a shot glass. And he has an experience that way. And another man fills a needle. And he has an experience that way. Another snorts a powder. Another smokes some crystals. Thank you, Jesus. Another types in a URL website address. Another reads a novel. Another jumps off a cliff with a bungee tied to his back. They do crazy things because they're craving their maker. They're craving the God who is spirit. They don't know that they're craving God. They think they're craving adventure and excitement and thrill. But that never satisfies when it's over. You're emptier than when you started. But blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They're not going to be made to be good people. They're going to be filled with the Spirit of God. I told somebody this week, if you could put God in a shot glass, if you could fit God inside a needle, if you could put him on the other end of a URL address, you take your dose of God every day. But see, God is not so easily taken. He's a little harder to come into relationship with. He doesn't come to you on your terms. He doesn't get down on his hands and knees and crawl your direction. He says, let those who thirst come. Lo, those who would buy wine and bread without cost, let them come. He says, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He tells you to get off your seat, to get out of your little cubbyhole, to get out of your cage of fear and unbelief, and to come to him. And it makes some people strain their ears across a stormy sea to listen and say, Lord, if it be you, command me to come to you. And to jump into the water and swim all the way to Jesus because they found the one who fills that hole, who gives them what they want to feel. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If you could fit him in some little chocolate, you'd take Jesus, just like some people kneel down in the morning to take their prayers. They don't feel anything. They don't hear anything. They don't see any fruit from it, but they do their little prayers. He says, you will not be heard like the Gentiles for your repetition, for your vain, meaning useless repetition. Not going to happen. Amen. You need to yearn after God. You need to feel after God if happily you may find him or happily you may find him. He does not say think after God. He does not say talk after God. He does not say read after God. He says feel after God. In Acts the 17th chapter, he has made for what, from one nation every man for to live on the earth. And he has appointed the bounds of their habitation, the exact places of their dwelling, that men might seek him and feel after him and grope for him if perchance they might find him. God is there for us. We can continue to move into this new kingdom in the same way 
we moved into those unknown tongues and faith the very first time. There's more power, there's more grace, there's more fulfillment than we've ever dreamed of in our small little minds. Amen. That's what the psalmist was saying. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And again, my soul thirsts for you. I pant after you like the deer pants for water. He's not easy to apprehend, so how do we apprehend him? With everything. He does not say, take a swallow. He says, love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. God wants us to come outside of ourselves. If you can, I, while we were singing, I, I look around at the brothers and sisters tonight and I see some and they're transfixed. They are, they are feeling their need for God and they're singing the song, you know, as the deer pants for the water. And they're panting. Amen. They're yearning. They're feeling. And I know they're going to leave this meeting with their soul having been satisfied. And then I see others and it's like, God, I ask you to please do this. No, 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 no. You're asking on your terms. You need to get out of your terms and start asking on his terms. Oh God, you just move on me. You just give me any indication. What bridge will I burn? What troop will I run through? What wall will I scale? Will I dance? Will I cry? Will I kneel? Will I lay on my face? Will I raise my hands and speak in tongues? Will I jump and shout and scream hallelujah? What will I do, God? I just need you, Jesus. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, God. I'm ready tonight, God. I want more than a shot glass. I want more than a needle. I want a relationship with a God who is spirit. Amen. I want to feel you inside and out. I want to be carried away outside of my mind, outside of my Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take the experience off the shelf. Take it off the shelf. Now, I'm not saying that, sh that God is a tap where you can turn him on and get as much as you want and then turn him back off. You need to break the valve. You need to take a, a crowbar to that valve and just break it open so that whenever he wants to pour into your life, it's a mighty rushing river. Amen. Out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. Two places. Paul says in Romans 8 and in 2 Corinthians 1, he says that the Holy Spirit has been given to us as a kind of first fruits and a deposit. Amen. In Romans 8, he says, we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Amen? He says twice, we ourselves. He's saying Christians don't have it all wonderful and hunky-dory. They go through hard things and it's okay to groan. That's what he's saying. We ourselves, even we ourselves, it's like he's got to underline it, we still groan, waiting for the redemption of our bodies. But he says, we have the Holy Spirit as a kind of first fruits. Now we know the full harvest is when 
the Lord comes and takes his bride out of this world and lifts us into his presence where God, where the Lamb will be all in all. And the elders will be shouting, worthy is the Lamb. And the congregation will be shouting, hallelujah. And praise and glory and honor will be all that we experience. He will wipe away every tear. He will take away every disease. There the, the old shall be young. The lame shall leap. And it's going to be wonderful. That's the harvest. That's the harvest. We don't have that today. And we groan today. We groan within ourselves. Even we big spiritual Christians, we still groan within ourselves. But what we do have is the first fruits. We have the first fruits of a, of a portion deposit of the Holy Spirit. And those first fruits keep us alive and moving. They keep hope alive for the harvest that we know is coming. When somebody comes in in June and, and they got a handful of peaches in their hands and they say, look, honey, look what we got. We got our first fruits. You're overjoyed. You take them like they're something special. They're the smallest peaches of the whole harvest. They're the fewest peaches you'll ever gather. But you rejoice because you know they are the promise of the great bounty and harvest that is coming. Amen? Now, we don't have the great harvest. We don't have the fullness. But the first fruits are power from on high. The first fruits are enough to change your life. The first fruits are precious enough to keep you excited and motivated and moving toward the harvest that is to come. He also calls it the seal. Some people make a strange and foolish doctrine out of that. But the word seal in the Greek simply means a mark. As when a merchant ship would be coming into port and there would be all kinds of boxes in crates or boxes as the case may be. And have you ever seen a crate that has a stencil put on the outside, a number perhaps, or a name? This goes to Texas or this goes to Homestead or whatever the case may be. Have you ever seen a shipping crate with a stenciled number on the outside? That's all that word refers to. It says, God is saying, those who I have baptized in my Holy Spirit, they are marked. They are designated I have put my, my mark on them and I said, these are for the kingdom of God. We have this seal. It doesn't mean we can't blow it. It doesn't mean we can't get on the wrong ship according to our will. Of course we can. But we do have that mark of a different kingdom. We have that mark of a different lordship. We have that deposit of a new kind of power. Thank you, Jesus. We have that. And maybe if we stay true to it, we're going to make it all the way into the harbor of His perfect will. Amen. We're going to make it into the harvest of the fullness of the kingdom of God. I feel like God wants to take us to a different place in our worship. He wants to take us to a different place in our prayer. He wants to take us to a different place in our testimonies. Amen. He wants us to get out of ourselves and get in that place called the Spirit of God. And in there, then the righteousness will be from Him then the peace will be not as the world gives. Then the joy will be unexpressible and full of glory.